Hello, everyone. This is Brian with Good Dog Workshop. We're your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. We'll help you sift through all the wrong and ridiculous information out there. We'll help you understand dogs and how to effectively work with a dog's nature, not against it. In short, we'll teach you how to speak dog. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. And don't forget, if you have any questions, call directly into me at 703-489-1319. Again, I'm joined with my good friend uh, Carlos Marino here in Austin, Texas. How are you, Carlos? Good, uh, good to be back with you. Again, we're doing the a series of dog breeds and their temperaments for the purposes of educating and informing people about what they have, if they haven't already gotten it, as far as breed, mixed breed. In this case, we're going to go over the Doberman Pinscher. American Kennel Club says it ranks 17 amongst breed popularity out of 193. Hmm, okay. I don't, don't see too many more like I used to 10 or 20 years ago, but I guess they're still pretty popular. Yeah, it's kind of like, uh, you know, people like Toyota Camry, Toyota Celica. Well, Celica doesn't exist anymore. Um, Toyota Corolla. This is like the Lexus version of a dog. It's 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 good, but it's going to cost you some money. And it's a big size dog, so you need to know what you're doing. I, I owned one for many years, one of my favorites. But in a little bit, I'll tell you why it's not my absolute favorite. <laughs> So. Right. I got you. And I've worked with a number of Dobermans over the years, probably maybe a half dozen or so. Um, not my favorite breed. I mean, I don't have anything against them. But one thing I, I found interesting is both uh, um, looking online and the AKC book and, and also the uh, the Breed Freak book by, um, by Dr. Matthew Wright here. Um, everyone but me seems to think that these are some of the most trainable and intelligent dogs out there and i just haven't had that experience so um we're coming from two different places and on there but uh, but generally i think i think they're a nice dog definitely not a starter dog for um for people to have but also not not a difficult dog to um to work with not one that i run into in a lot of appointments you know for for biting people or biting other dogs or or anything um but yeah i just I I definitely didn't didn't experience that at all. I had like a European version of the Doberman Pinscher, which yeah, he, he talked was about big. this before. Yeah, he was over well. When I got him, he was overweight from uh, a person that surrendered him. But but he was he was the more muscular, broader jaw type. And I think I believe that there is a difference between European bred specific uh, dogs and then American bred. Sure. Like what we talked about with the lab. Um, I think there's a little bit. Uh, of a difference in disposition as well, right? Uh, mainly being that they're less energetic, which I like, um, and uh, a little bit uh, more aggressive looking, I guess, if you could say. Um, but uh, definitely, I think they are trainable. I think they're very alert. Right. They're, they kind of remind me of the Australian Shepherd in that sense, very much attached to the person, looking for orders, um, looking for stimulation. So in that in that case, I, I I agree. I think the challenge becomes when you have them young, and you don't give them something to do. They can get rambunctious, unruly, testy, uh, and then that kind of maybe lends to them not caring anymore about pleasing you because they're like, you know what, I'm so bored. I'm going to do my own thing. Right. And that's um, that's kind of kind of what I've experienced because I work with probably more young Dobermans than than adult Dobermans. Um, and so, what do we know about the history of these guys? Everyone knows the old story of uh, of Lewis Doberman, the tax collector, back in the I think it was the 18th century, using you know a Rottweiler, or a, a, a Pinscher, and I guess um, 
uh, you know, he, he crossbred a few different breeds out there to get the Doberman. So everyone yeah. knows, knows the story of this dog, you know, accompanying a tax collector. So yeah, they were, they were first used guarding dog, uh, specifically a security guarding dog. This guy, of course, carried money around. It was the 18th century. It was from Germany, um, which is why you look at the Doberman and you look at the Rottweiler and you're like, oh, I can see the similarity. Sure. Um, but, uh, Doberman was the guy's name. I know there's different ways of spelling it. There's one N and two N's. Um, they said it was a successful breeding program. I don't know what that means exactly, but I guess it was the size and the intelligence and the companionship. But now I don't see too many Dobermans that have that overtly aggressive nature. A guard dog nature. Mine, mine didn't. He was very soft, soft with the kids, good with other animals. Right. Um, almost to the point where kind of like, kind of like a little Chihuahua, very whiny, very needy. So that's kind of the background. I don't know what the original look was. You know, we look, we look at the, uh, some of the dogs where they crop the ears and they crop the tails. I'm not sure if he did. That'd be interesting to find out if that was one of the, the original looks. But um, you have people now. They will crop the ear or they won't. They're saying it's cruel and they'll dock the tails and that sort of thing. But it is a uh, anywhere from a 60 to 90 pound dog, but the males can get up to 100 pounds. Uh, anywhere from 24 to 28 inches in height. The, this is I disagree with. They're saying life expectancy is 12 years. I don't think that's the case anymore. We'll go into that a little bit later, but there's a lot of health issues nowadays with these Doberman, unfortunately. Um, but they do come in the, uh, the Black and Rush. There's a blue fur variety, and they have a fawn, which I'm not really <clears> familiar with. Fawn color is also it's also acceptable, and then just a regular black. So, okay. yeah. Um, yeah, I was just going to say, looking at uh, um, just three three um, uh, online searches that I that I have printed out here on uh, dog bite incidences, and one shows the, the first uh, ten. You know, top uh, worst dogs for biting. Doberman isn't on that list. Another one shows Doberman is number six. And then another one also does not show Doberman. Just going back to the, the you know, the, the fierceness or the intensity or, or maybe right. the, the aggressiveness of these dogs. Yeah, maybe over time, over the past several decades... At least um, that's been bred out of the dogs, and they've been they've been bred more to be just a, a companion dog, and people aren't seeing them so much as as guard dogs, which I think I think would be a good thing. Um, and also, uh, a not a lot of um, agencies are not using these dogs uh, like they were. I want to yep. say back in the '70s or something, you know, to uh, to apprehend criminals and and uh, bite the bad guys, that sort of thing. So it seems to me that that your you know your your thesis is right, is that they are being bred for a different purpose at this point, And that seems to be more of a companion dog, which I think is pretty good. Yeah. Actually, I'll give you a, a, a quick story. It's kind of funny. I, I recall a time where we were at the dog expo. We set up a booth and I was manning the booth. I think you were away and doing your rounds. And a lady uh, came to me with her female rust colored Doberman. Uh, Cause I told her I had one. I, he wasn't with me at the time. Um, but she was so excited because she was like, oh, you should meet mine. So she brought hers to me and we were just conversing and the dog was so, I guess, jealous. I guess you could say <laughs> that he wasn't part of the conversation. He jumped on the, uh, table just to say, Hey, I'm here. Pay attention to me. 
<laughs> and he was, and she was a big, uh, uh, yeah, a big, a good-looking, sleek Doberman. But, but they're very, very needy, and that's why I say they're not my favorite breed. Um, because Brian, as you know, when when you're busy and you want to relax and chill out, uh, sometimes you want a dog to do the same thing. So if these if these guys are under-exercised, under-stimulated, they will say, "Hey, you know, give me something to do," and they will whine. They'll have, they'll have a lot a whiny little. <laughs> little disposition about them when they'll make the sounds and that sort of thing and some people will, will say that's cute and it is but but i would say they're more of a high maintenance dog a luxury dog like we talked about but one of the things i do love about this breed is they're very very clean right they're not oh, a dog yeah. they're not a dog that's going to run around in mud and get messy and and roll around um they're very careful where they <laughs> place their paws coats very very just very very soft sharp looking um um, but, 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 uh, for a large dog, they, they do act like, like they could be a lap dog. So they have that quality about them, which I think is endearing, yeah, but they, an, they're not the, yeah, they're not the best laid back dog is my point. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting point that, that they kind of have the, the attitude of a, um, of a bit of a needy, um, you know, little, little lap dog. I hadn't thought about that before and I'm sure Doberman breeders out there would not agree with, with us on that. But in our experience, that's kind of, kind of what we've gotten to. And I remember, um, with, uh, with your, your dogs, the first two you had, when I met you, Lucy and Lucas, they were following, they followed you everywhere you went. And when they got a little clingy, you would actually, you know, tell them to, to move away and give you space. Yeah. And so, yeah, I certainly see that if you're a dog, if you're a type of person who doesn't mind a, a lap dog, um, terrific. But if you think that a Doberman is not going to try and be your lap dog and you, and you have 80 pounds, you know, climbing up on you, um, trying to, trying to get attention from you. Yeah, that um, maybe you want to choose a smaller breed then, because these guys do like do like physical affection. They do like being being a part of the group. And do they not tend to be one person dogs rather than you know they like everyone equally? Um, no, not not in my case. Um, I think I think they're loyal just all around. I don't think they're they they cling to one or the other. Okay. But they're very tolerant. I mean, my dog tolerated a lot of pulling and and pushing around and bumping and, you know, handling and, uh, and, Ra and Raph, your son was pretty young when you had Bo, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think he was, I think he was born when we had him and then up to, I think he was three or four years old. Um, but, but very, just very good with, with people in general, but yeah, I wouldn't say one person dog, uh, okay. specifically. I'd, I'd read that in one of these books and I wasn't, wasn't sure if that was true or not. Cause my, you know, my experience with Doberman's has is uh, has been through appointments, but I haven't lived with one like um, like you have, so I don't know that experience. And and I remember you had Bo; he was easy as could be on leash for you, right? He was just awesome for you to walk. Yeah, I think in the beginning, again, because the people who who knew me and say, "Hey, do you want to take this dog? We don't have the time." He, he was never walked, so in the beginning, it was a little tough because, uh, like most dogs, he was excited about getting out. But once I got the prong collar on, he was right away like, "Oh, I see." And very easy to walk. Didn't get distracted uh, by other dogs or other people. Um, and then at one point, you had him off leash and and would try to play hide and seek with him outside in some bushy, uh, heavy, heavily uh, tree area, if you will, some kind of park. And he would he would go and smell something, and then I'd go and try to hide, and and he'd he'd like to sniff me out and find me. But but very good about about being off leash after just a short time. 
Okay, yeah, I remember, remember you had him off leash pretty soon after you got him, and, you know, that definitely attests to, to your skills and, and hopefully to his, his training ability. Um, now, you know, all the stories that we, that at least I had heard when, uh, when I was growing up of, you know, watch out for Dobermans because they bite. I don't think I've worked with one that's been an aggression issue at, at the very worst. They've been anxious, you know, that, that, that anxious energy, that neediness, if that's not expended, um, then they, uh, then they will, will, you know, get rambunctious or, or jumpy or, or overly playful or even put their teeth on, on someone, but or another dog, but out of anxiety, not aggression. Um, but the other point I want to make here is I don't remember Dobermans ever being, uh, you know, particularly social butterflies. It's kind of like a Doberman can take other dogs or leave other dogs, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, they're not necessarily looking for that approval from other dogs. Right. Um, m- mine, you know, at the time I was working with you a lot, he tolerated a lot of other dogs and he helped me uh, with some of the tougher cases. But uh, yeah, th- they're okay. They're good about playing. Uh, when they're younger, they have tons of energy, and they're faster than you think, yeah. <laughs> and, and they're more and they're more agile than you think. Um, so they can keep up, and they have like a just a great like lung capacity, so they can just really go and go and go and go and and keep up. So um, let's see here. It says they were mixed with Rottweiler, German Pinscher, Weimaraner. I wonder if the Greyhound part of that breed a breeding program has something to do with that. You know, just have tremendous cardio. Uh, vascular ability sure and and i remember thinking that that bow because he was he was overall bigger and wider but his rib cage was really really deep versus other dobermans that uh, that i had worked with so um yeah. you know because of his breeding stock i'm sure he maybe had a greater lung capacity than uh, than other dobermans we've worked with but yeah this is folks just so you know this is not a house dog these are not couch potatoes. it's a, it's an energetic breed um yeah. the uh, the doctor right here from the breed freed book um he says think of a doberman as a little rambo he needs a job to do or else he's going to to send a firestorm all up in your neighborhood terrifying <laughs> women and children yeah. and causing general mayhem no it's not going to be that bad but like a you know, like a Weimaraner, like a German short-haired pointer, like a Vishla, these guys have to have exercise. And, you know, just a, just a little walk around the, around the yard or a neighborhood isn't going to do any good. Running with these dogs is really, really what they need um, as, much as, as much as any other breed out there. Very, very athletic, very high-energy breed. But like most every dog out there, when you drain the energy, these, these guys can be great companions. And, and, and I remember um, being surprised at how good bow your dog was with uh with with not only raf but uh, but also reese wasn't he overall great with kids yeah very 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 tolerant um i'm not sure if he enjoyed it but oh yeah just very sensitive uh, there was another uh instance i can recall we had a, a rabbit hole in their backyard okay uh which i didn't you know at the time i didn't realize rabbits can make such uh pronounced and camouflaged holes under grass you know i was like geez it's pretty good but yeah i guess he sniffed out one of the bunnies <laughs> and i was like oh boy he's gonna just shred this thing apart but now he's very very gentle you know just kind of chased it around and had it in its had it in its mouth and uh i think my wife at the time freaked out and he just dropped it <laughs> right right so uh, you know they they will they they will they they are like prey driven if you if you will like we had deer at the time and very excited about the deer um, but uh, you gotta understand, still very sensitive dog. So, not the best dog to use electronic stimulus <laughs> stimulation with. You know, they don't like those 
those kind of sharp. Uh, yeah, you the, know, the, the shot collars too much. Yeah, I, you know, I tried that because I, I don't want my dog chasing deer and getting in trouble. But yeah, he didn't like that. So, so, but, but very, very, very sensitive animals to children. Um, I'm sure you know you you have you get into the do the some breeding lines that aren't uh, very careful. I'm sure you can get the opposite, but that's not been my experience. Um, and and he was from a Romanian. Thought, yeah, and, and okay. so that's as far as I know. But the, the unfortunate thing about these dogs, this is why I say I don't, I don't agree with the 12 years life. Because 12 years is pretty long. Yeah. And I just think, I don't know if it's the breeding, but they really can't test for what, like, for example, what my dog ended up uh, succumbing to was cardiomyopathy, which is, if you don't know what it is, I didn't know at the time, but uh, fluid gets in the heart, and um, it sounds like they constantly have, kind of asthma with fluid mm-hmm. in their lungs and they're trying to constantly cough and get air. It's just, it's just an unfortunate uh, 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 genetic disorder. And he had that when he was only like eight. So there's no testing for that. And there's, there's I don't know, from what I can tell, that's not the only thing. Cervical, uh, spine issues. Uh, he also oh, has right. a weak, yeah, weak lower hip dysplasia. Yeah, uh, often often happens with big dogs, especially the yeah. long-legged ones. Uh, there's some torsion, uh, gastro oh, torsion, yeah, a bloat when the when the stomach twists. Yeah, so yeah. you have to be careful about that. I mean, there's so many things that. But, mo- but yeah. most of those are are fairly common in in big dogs. But the but the thing that you had mentioned first, the cardiomyopathy, also also called uh, I think it's also called wobbler's disease, where there's there's fluid in the in the heart. There, that seems to be kind of. Doberans are predisposed to that more than more than other breeds. So you know that's a that's a tough thing. But generally, the big dogs like this don't live to eleven years or so. So you know if if these people can get twelve or fourteen years out of a dog, terrific. But life expectancy is not is not bad. You know it's not seven years like a like a Great Dane or some of those really big dogs. Um, but you know if you can get nine nine years out of a Doberman, eleven years out of a Doberman, I think think you're doing really well. One other thing I wanted to say real quick is, yeah. You know, these guys as puppies, they're a lot of fun, they're goofy, they're bouncy. To me, it's kind of like the same mentality of a doodle. And we'll do another podcast on on doodles, you know, by, by themselves. Um, but then as they grow up, they really calm down and they really become very mature and almost stoic, almost the way a lot of German yeah. shepherds do. Um, and I, I do I do like that. But as a puppy, because these guys have so much energy and are very playful sometimes it's like dude you got to settle down we've already walked five miles today and i need less from you right now and they just they're not very good at helping themselves as as puppies so um you know my recommendation for people would be if this is your if you're a first-time dog owner don't get a doberman if you're set on getting a doberman don't get a puppy because they're a lot more work than an adult yeah um, and they're and you know they're the kennels aren't full of Dobermans, but you can often find a Doberman or Doberman mix in um, in an animal shelter. So you know I I would recommend look there first. But but an adult is a much easier um, easier uh, you know path for you to select than uh, than a Doberman puppy. Even though they're 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 so stinking cute when they're flopping around, their ears are going every which way, and they you know their legs seem to be twice as long as what they they know how to work with. So they're stumbling and falling around and and. You know they're clowns. They're hilarious, but yeah, uh, well, and they have the, the giant oversized paws. Yeah, they're yeah. Dogs for sure. And do you want to get into like cropping and docking? I don't know if we've ever gotten into that. 
Um, yeah, go ahead. Well, like, okay, so uh, my Doberman, he came with both the ears and the, the tail docked. Right. Right. But I think, you know, now, I think there's, I don't know if it's Canada or some countries, they're just abandoning it. I don't think it's necessary. Um, as far as does it hurt the dogs, I don't know, because I'm not the dog. I can't speak to that. I, w- I would just assume that it's, it's more of an aesthetic thing. Um, I think there was a, I think there was a, a rep- not a reputation, but there was a, a story that was, well, we, um, we dock the tails because otherwise Dobermans have very wiry, long tails that could get broken. So that was the excuse. Um, wow, that, that's a that, pretty lame excuse. Yeah, that they used. But the, so now what you see is like a hybrid approach. You have some with the wob, the the uh, intact, full lab type ear, and then the dog tail. So in my, you know, mm. in my in my in my book, you know, you get the dog for for you get the breed and you pick the breed for, um, for its temperament, you know, and uh, some of its features. But if if the if the attraction is we got to dock the tail and crop the ears, you know, I guess I would be on the side of more conservative, you know, we just kind of leave them as they are naturally. Right. But a lot of breeders won't do it. They just have, uh, I found that they have um, uh, some idealistic issue with, <laughs> well, this is how they were originally bred. We're going to continue to go down this way. Um, so you, if you want that sort of look, you have to, to look into the breeders. But that's the other thing that I just want to speak of real quickly. I don't see too many American breeders that I was comfortable looked after my dog passed away. I was looking at another, getting another Doberman. I don't see for the money that they're asking and the issues that they have. I didn't have much confidence in yeah, the breeding programs that they had. I think that's why you see them less and less and less now. So. Yeah, that's right. I remember you telling me about that, that you couldn't, you couldn't find a breeder that you actually kind of liked the sound of and, and, yeah. And their pictures and what what they were were displaying to you about yeah. uh, about their litters or yeah so maybe there's something to that is is people are breeding them less or, or less responsible or less educated people are 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 breeding them um, either way I think like the German Shepherd Doberman it, because it's a sensitive breed I think it's better that they're they're less bred these days than they were because it's too easy to ruin a sensitive dog like that yeah uh, so overall on the uh, on our one to five scale of how easy it is to have a doberman i'd i'd put a doberman kind of right smack in the middle give it a give it a three yeah oh by the way i just want to correct something the wobbler syndrome or the wobbler disease i just looked it up here um not to be confused with the cardiomyopathy it is um more of a spine cervical compression disorder which causes that the gait, the the them the, the walk wobbly. I guess is the, hence the name wobbler disease. Oh yeah, that makes. So sense. anyway, that, that way you get you know you have that. But but as far as uh, as far as uh, see, I have you know I'm biased, right? So I, I would say two. They're easy to for me. I would say it's a two because as long as you do what you're supposed to do, give them exercise, um, and are okay with a needy dog, they're generally very easy. Uh, to own unless you're an apartment dweller and then you'll have some <laughs> challenge you have some challenges because uh, they'll just put this dog on the list even though as you talked about earlier we don't even see these dogs anymore yeah they're they're not uh, they're not on the on the lists of of dogs that uh, that are 
are doing a lot of damage to people across the country for, for several years in a row, it looks like. So I'm not sure, but maybe people just add them to the list because it's a, it's a black colored dog and looks fierce. And with the cropped ears and the, and the, the tall stance and the, yep. you know, the heavy musculature, maybe that's, that's why they do it. But I'm not sure if that's, that's deserved. So, yeah, um, well, anyway, that's the, that's the Doberman Pinscher. Um, if you want to find out more, you go ahead and give us a call and I will, uh, I will actually give you directly to, to Carlos because he knows this breed better than better than I do. But you can reach us at 703-489-1319. Um, please uh, give us a, a five-star rating on on iTunes or wherever you listen to, to podcasts and uh, and write us a nice review too. We appreciate that and that'll help us get more exposure so that we can get more listeners and people, more people can be knowledgeable about dogs because that's what we're, what we're here to, uh, to help people with. Um, thank you again, everyone for listening. We appreciate it. And don't forget to like us on, uh, on Facebook and watch our YouTube videos as well. Absolutely. Good to be with you, Brian. All right. Thanks again, Carlos. Take care thank you.